the home of the owner of FreeLarryFitzgerald.com. It's the Seahawks Nest Podcast. <laughs> Is that legit, Nathan? Uh, no. no. I made that up. That's alright. I mean, I really wish he was free, because then maybe super serious man Bruce Arians could stop ruining him. Cleveland could sign him and Drew Brees in the offseason. Uh, what, real quick, before we go too far into the intros, what Seahawks receiver would you like to get rid of to see Larry Fitzgerald on this team? Jermaine Kurz? If it's, if it's not you, it's Jermaine Kurz. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to kick someone off. Ooh, I'm know. so happy. Tanner McAvoy has really been angering me the last I love uh, Tanner month. McAvoy. He's, no, very, was, yeah. he's very adorable. Not to mention, they fill the same role. They do. Fifth receiver. <laughs> One of them's getting paid like a third receiver, though. I'll yeah, they they, uh, they all fill the role of not Jermaine Curse, <laughs> with the exception of Jermaine Curse, of course. Uh, welcome to the Seahawks Nest. I'm your host, Eric Ronnebeck. With me is Kevin Garber. Yes. How are you, Kevin? Doing all right. Feeling festive. Kevin. A Merry Christmas. A Merry Christmas to you as well, sir. Nathan Santo, the man on the board. How are you, Nathan? I'm great. Ah, excellent. Merry Christmas to you. And with us for the second week in a row, third week of the season, third podcast of the season, I'm just so fired up, executive producer... Brett Hancock. Six podcasts uh-huh. in the last two seasons. They yeah, said that it could. They said that it could not be done. They did. And Brett proved them wrong. Brett. Brett has science gone too far? The miracle happened. Yes. Brett. The science, Nathan. How does it work? Happy holidays. Happy holidays is what terrorists say. Merry Christmas. Merry holidays to you. <laughs> uh, so we are coming. We don't off. negotiate with terrorists, Brett. That's right. Nor we will <laughs> negotiate with Brett Hancock. Brett, what did you think about those colorish uniforms? Were, were you okay. at the game? Wait, were you at the game? No, I was not. No. You you are the only person in this room to attend a Seahawks game this year, Eric. How does it feel? That's uh, weird. I know. But Brett, really are you great. just stacking those chips with your uh, your season ticket money then? Feels all right. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, coming off that uh, ugly game with the Rams, uh, ugly because of the uniforms, ugly because of certain ways uh, the Rams played, uh, just before we go into it, those uniforms... Really ugly, but the the end zones. I couldn't take it, gentlemen. It was too much. It was too much. What was the final score of that game, Kevin? So the final score was twenty four to three in a crock potting. Yeah, in a crock potting. <laughs> Explain the crock potting. Uh, a crock pot. See, uh, what they did was they they shoved the Rams into your basic uh, five quart crock pot, put the lid on there, put that baby on low, and let it simmer. Because at first, at first, it seemed like they were hanging around, not breaking up very much, but then. Slowly, the juices rose to the top, and uh, by the fourth quarter, that baby was cooked all the way through. It wow. was one of those. It was one of those games where you felt like it was close, and you're like, "Oh man, why are the Seahawks letting them hang around?" And then you look up, and you're like, "Oh wait, it's twenty-four to three. Never mind." Now, Nathan, were you at all like discouraged during the first half of this game? I mean, I guess discouraged is the correct word. Like, I didn't. I wasn't feeling. Like super excited, but uh, by the end of the movie, it was just like, or the movie. The, the, the this game. is what happens when they play Thursday, and we have to remember everything for a Tuesday. Yeah, no exactly. kidding. <laughs> by the end, games of the game, become just, movies. I was just like, what, whatever, you know, like it, it didn't matter. I and you knew the whole game that we were gonna win. It wasn't like, you know, oh, or there's a chance we're gonna lose. I never felt like that at all. No. no. Uh, were there anything that you saw, Kevin, that the Rams did well in this game? Uh, they did a great job of not having Jeff Fisher on the sidelines. <laughs> Best job they've done of it all year. How do you feel about that? Because when we were, uh, were were scouting this game, prepping for this game, it was right after the announcement of Jeff Fisher getting fired. 
and they had an interim coach who's now their interim coach for the rest of the year. Yep. Uh, they they played like they were playing. They played like a mix between the Rams and a team with an interim coach. Yeah, they looked uh, slightly more listless and lost, but I mean that era had to come to a close. The Jared Goff era. <laughs> Uh, they could. That era is just starting, buddy. Oh well, that's good news for us. Because now, do you think Jared Goff's problems are that he was coached by Jeff Fisher? It he, does not help. It's like, he, I mean, it's a combination of things. But the main thing is that he's not very good. Yeah, like yeah. the offensive line's bad, but they have a good running back, and there's some talent at uh, both receiver and tight end. They have good tight ends, uh, and I just think that they're just that their whole offense is dysfunctional. They need to. Do they need one really good player, and they have no, right now. It seems like they have none really good players at this stage in his career. At the same stage in their career, he reminds me of Alex Smith with less leg talent. Okay, like I, early Alex Smith had trouble sensing the pass rush, knowing what to do, making good reads, making good decisions. He has all the same struggles, but. Whereas Alex Smith early in his career could take off and get you 60 yards on the ground a game, Jared Goff can't. Let me give you a real backhanded compliment to him. He seems like he might be better than Carson Wentz. Maybe. But that's not really a compliment. That's like a, that's like saying, like, that's oh, harsh you, for you, me. Might be, you might be yeah. better than milk that I left out overnight. Which is how I feel about Carson Wentz's quarterbacking right now. Early Alex Smith was at least accurate. I'm not sure Jared Goff is accurate. And that's like... Terrifying. And Alex Smith had, I mean, he's never been praised for his amazing arm, but I don't like Jared Goff's arm. I don't think that there's enough zing there, and maybe I just I haven't seen the plays. I don't think he got to see it. He didn't get to step into any of his throws. He had happy feet the whole game. The whole game. I mean, here's another thing, though. Of, of, any, so of any quarterback that has thrown more than 100 passes this year, he has the worst DVO. Actually, he has the worst VOA or DVOA other than Brett Hundley. I mean, he's just who's Brett Hundley play for? He's, he's the, the backup for, he's Green, the backup Bay. for Green Bay. Uh, so he's he's like a fifth round pick. So yeah, he's just and this is the number one overall pick. And I just think that things don't look too hot for him. I'm putting him solidly in the Osweiler tier of young quarterbacks. I I'm glad are not on my favorite team. <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah. Um, you touched on something earlier. If he was around a good team, I feel like people would just keep kind of. Extending his leash a little bit and a little bit. Sorry, but, I meant ten passes because Punley's thrown ten. Yeah, but he would never be a guy that you would you know put in like the top fifteen or twenty maybe. And so, I mean, like, what's the best case scenario, right? Like, they build a functional offense and then they win ten games. The best like, case scenario is that he's weak armed Jay Cutler. You know, which is I not an exciting football player. No, starting yeah. quarterbacks come in two varieties real starting quarterbacks. They're either players that can put the team on their back or they're players that can walk in lockstep with a team. And if you're not one of those two types, you cannot win. So that means you're either a game manager or you're a game changer. And I think that Goff's upside is a game manager. And that's not what you want from and, uh, somebody you mortgage your draft for. Here's the problem if you're for. saying Jared Goff's a game manager is that in only 175 attempts this year, he's already thrown five picks. And there are guys that have thrown 
hundreds of passes this year. And that's year why I said without upside. five picks. I mean, Dak Prescott has thrown 454 passes here and only has four interceptions. Tom Brady, 383 with only two like, interceptions. Who has more upside, uh, Wentz or Goff? Wentz. Brian Hoyer has more upside than Jared Goff. Like, <laughs> hey, they, I, I'm not joking. Like, I do not like either of those quarterbacks at all. There's only one quarterback worth his salt in left from last year's draft as of right now, and that's Dak, Dak Prescott. Prescott. The other quarterbacks are very disappointing. Well, even when the Eagles drafted uh, Carson Wentz, they, they said that they were happy the Rams took Jared Goff because that means that they got Carson Wentz. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm not saying, like, ooh, I, the Eagles are right. but I, just, I mean, Carson Wentz is not an exciting uh, not no, a football player. No, no, I'm not very excited to watch. I mean, he has 13 touchdowns versus 13 picks. At bare minimum, at least Carson Wentz is somewhat accurate with his throws. Those are some Teddy Bridgewater numbers for Jared Goff. And he has less receiver talent he's working with, in my opinion. I don't know. I feel like that's pretty. That's pretty much a wash. Uh, those both those receiving cores are pretty terrible. I I agree with that. Jordan uh, Matthews still on the Jordan Matthews is the only receiver Jordan on Matthews team. versus on Kenny Britt. Well, actually, you know what? The, the, but Kenny, but Britt, Kenny Britt's Britt. a fine receiver, yeah. Kenny, and Tavon Austin is a decent weapon. They just don't know how to use him. He's a gadget player. He's like Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin. He has no yeah. true place to play in an NFL offense, and so it causes problems. He's on the field, and it doesn't. It just doesn't work. He should be your three receiver, and they, they screwed that no, up. No, he should be like an H-back, like Chris Cooley or something. You know, just, like they should use him in like weird positions on the field, like the way that the Washington Redskins used to use Chris Cooley. But like, there's just no place for that in a modern NFL offense because the linebackers are getting too fast, and teams are playing like safeties at linebacker and stuff, which means he's not going to be able to just run past guys like like he, back in the day he might have been able to get away with. Well, Austin's a 4-3 guy. I mean, maybe when he came out for the draft. I don't think he's that fast anymore he gets he gets billed as the speed demon on that team but he's not as fast as he was i, just, I don't think he i don't think he can play at his run speed right now exactly, whether yeah. that's a scheme yeah. issue or a but processing I mean, I issue think, of the player i don't, I don't know in the current nfl landscape there exists a scheme that can properly use someone like Tavon austin yeah, I think we're seeing the same thing with Cordero Patterson as far as a guy who yeah. doesn't have receiving just, abilities. I mean, Tavon Austin is a kick returner. Like if you, and that's cool. You know, every team needs a kick returner, and I mean that's an important player on an NFL roster. You just can't pay him. He's like not like Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett can make impact on an NFL offense, and we saw that again this week. Tyler Lockett continues. This fully healthy version of Tyler Lockett is a bad, bad man. Uh, shut your mouth. Like he is so good. And it's, it's his wallet says bad motherfucker on it. It's nice to see. And I don't think he would say that, you know. Or maybe he would. I don't know. But he seems to be somewhat religious. <laughs> so, uh, this dude uh, did, likes did. and retweets our tweets on yeah, Twitter. Tyler, That's how much he is cool. And he, yeah, he added us a couple times. The Tyler Lockett seems like a really cool guy, and he's just he's really playing his brain out right well, now. It like, seems like seven when, catches on eight targets for 130 yards. We're not misusing him. Which, let's face it, in this offense happens guys get misused jimmy graham has not been able to become james graham on a consistent basis because maybe he's being misused or maybe we need to keep him in the block because our offensive line is so incompetent this is true kevin uh what do you want to start let's since we're on offense talk about seahawks offense well, they got the passing game i mean uh only two sacks allowed because russell wilson's magical yeah, I was going to um, say that the inability for our tackles to handle a speed rush is readily apparent still. Yeah. So any Haynes, any, man, killed us. Any speed moves just, just are, are killer, and it, it causes the play to start to break down. Luckily, we have the quarterback who, when this play starts to break down, he's fantastic, and we have wide receivers who know exactly what to do. That combination makes it okay, but 
I swear, if we had any other quarterback, this would be an unmitigated disaster. Oh yeah, uh, like the, just the, some stiff the tackles back there. are so bad, and any time a guy makes a speed move on him, they're just around. They're around yeah. the guy. It would be a disaster I mean, like when Russell was hurt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you know what's great though? Hurt Russell Wilson is not is not good enough. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. He, he has to be able to move. Glowinski and Effetti, you know what they are. Bang average. Those two guys are dirtbags. I mean, they get into it though. I I think they, they mix had, it up, man. Did had, you see yeah. them get? They got under Aaron Donald's skin. Yep. Bad. And if they had solid dudes Dirt next bags. to them, they would be very good players. But right now, I think they're gonna they sink or swim kind of based on who they're standing next. Hundred percent. And uh, and that's okay. You you're gonna have guys like that on an offensive line, especially for what are functionally two rookies. Yeah. Yes. So so both those guys can get better, continue to improve, and I'm fine with that. But I mean, if we get a real tackle in this offseason or in the draft, those guys you'll see those guys rise up to meet the guys next to them because they have talent and they they make they play well. And Britt at center, man, I cannot say enough. Yeah. Britt is a real NFL football center. It's weird. It's super weird. To it's me. like if Saul <laughs> became this amazing. Yeah, because Britt, I don't know what he did because we used to go hard on Britt on this podcast. I could not throw him under the he bus was, enough. He was bad. You know, after seeing Saul though, and seeing Okun the last year or two, the one thing I will say about Britt, even when he played tackle, he may not have been able to catch up to the guy, but he never gave up on the play. And he was yes. never. And you know the thing is, he was never like so horribly out of position. That I thought like, oh, he can never get back in this play, or oh, he's not affecting the play. Like even if you're at a, if you make a good footwork move right off the line, you're at least gonna slow the guy down somewhat. Sometimes I feel like our tackles just get they get blown away before the play even starts. Get they sink or they get five, out of their stance late. Point five seconds into the play, there are there's a guy in the backfield already. It's like what what happened here that you do? And it's I mean on some levels that they don't know how to play the position, right? It for, has to, for it has fan, to be for, sure. for fan. But I, and so I can make excuses for him, but I can't make excuses for Gary, Gary Gilliam or anyone or else. Sal. Sal or Gilliam anyone should else know better. Out there at right tackle anymore, and they say things like, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna go with the compete guy who competes, or we're gonna go with the hot hand at right tackle." Please don't do this. Uh, <laughs> offensive lines do better when they play together, even if they have less talent. I want Odiambo at this point. At this point, I think it's as good as anything else. I mean, there's no there's no reason to not develop the actual young talent on our team. I think that's fair. Uh, we were saying about Britt, my joke about Britt for the last couple of years before he moved to center was that he he wouldn't allow sacks to Russell Wilson. He would be the one sacking Russell because he'd fall into Russell. But like you said, Kevin, he would stay in front of his guy. And Sal, like you said, Nathan, people are just going around Gilliam, around Sal in half a second. And it's not going to get better this year. I don't care if we play Odiombo. It's, I mean, maybe maybe that'll be fine. If, if it's consistency at the line, Maybe that'll improve it a little, but I think we're looking at an off-season fix, unfortunately. Odiombo can at least move with him. He'll get physically beat by strength, but he can at least move with a guy. Every team in the league has a fatal flaw this year, and this is ours. Ours is that uh, Earl Thomas got hurt, which is too bad because I don't like that. I don't like that being a flaw, but it is what it is. Our defense has to change a little bit because of that, and the second fatal weakness we have is that if you speed rush us, you're going to find a way into the backfield. It's just going to happen. But, man, we've got efficient receivers on a positive note. I mean, I just love – when you look at these numbers, you have Lockett, seven catches on eight targets. You have Doug Baldwin, five catches on six targets. Jimmy Graham only got two targets, but he caught one. You're not seeing drops. You're not seeing – outside of Jermaine Kirsch, you're not seeing drops. (laughs) Take it. And that's not even meant to be a rip. It's if you look at the numbers, these are just the facts. When Since Lockett's been healthy, we have 
really consistent, capable receivers. Like Lockett's showing his basement is as a really talented return man and a really solid receiver with an upside of being a game changer who can take the top off a of defense. Another thing, too, is I think our three wide receiver formations now are just straight up Baldwin, Graham, and Lockett, it, especially in a playoff game. Yeah, if you look at the snap numbers, that seems to support I it. I mean, Curse is down to 61% snaps, and I just think that in a playoff game, that's going to fall even more, and those snaps will go straight to Jimmy Graham. And uh, Luke Wilson is back. Nick Vanette and Brandon Williams both seem like they can play. So we've got other tight ends that can line up in line if we need them to do that. Yes. Yeah, maybe be that sixth man on the offensive line. Uh, let's move to defense, Kevin. What did you see on the defensive side? Sacks. Yes. Averill built one and a half houses. That pressure we were talking about not getting. Yeah. Looked there on Thursday There was night. a lot of sacks. In this Clark game. had a sack okay. and a half. Marsh got in on the action without grabbing a face mask and getting penalized. <laughs> they, uh, this has been, I thought it was a really nice little, uh, little moves by our, our defensive line. Like, they, we were just playing good and we were taking advantage of their subpar offensive line talent. Yeah. Which was nice. Yeah. And you could tell they got to Goff a couple of times and he looked rattled. But the best hit on Goff of the night, that goes to one cornerback. Richard Sherman. Dick Sherm. Dick Sherm. Dick Sherm leveled. Now, this, he put the boom in Legion of Boom. This was the best hit because, one, you just described it. Perfect hit. Legion of Boom. Boom in Legion of Boom. But he also saved Jared Goff's life. Because if he hadn't laid that hit, who was one and a half yards away, ready to possibly manslaughter Jared Goff? That'd be Bam Bam. Cam Chancellor. Thank God for Dick Sherm. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, so another thing too that we did really well in this game is we just shut the run down. Like there's, if you take out the girly 22 yard run, he went 13 for 16 in the rest of the game. Like they had, and no, it looked worse than that at times. They, they had no <laughs> run game at all, which I mean that's not doing Jared Goff any favors. I know we bagged on Jared Goff a lot, but he he's not getting any help from anyone else. Like it's just him and Tavon Austin versus the world. You know, well, and we saw it's not like Todd Gurley completely lacks talent. Like, this running effort is not on Gurley. This is on the offensive line. This is on the play calling. I, you know, sophomore slumps are real, and he is coming off of a lot of injuries, but this has to be more than just Gurley. So you're saying this is more about, like, Mark Ingram, he'll be back later, than a Trent Richardson, yeah. he'll never be back again? Yeah, or maybe a, um, a Martin on Tampa Bay, if Doug you want Martin. to. Doug yeah. Martin. Something along those lines. He's one of a handful of players on the St. Louis, or sorry, the L.A. offense that, that you can say that about, you know, like, oh, maybe, yeah, maybe take a year off, you know, like come back. Like, he's worth bringing back to well, see what's up. And Britt's a free agent, and they won't be able to afford him. Yeah, he's played his way out of uh, out of L.A. That receiving squad is in shambles. Well, unless they can pay him a lot, I would imagine with Britt's age, I'd want to go somewhere else. Uh, let's let's tackle. Let's go back to offense for a second. <coughs> our, our running game, Thomas Rawls, one point six yards per <laughs> what, carry. What happened? Yeah. Uh, our offensive line couldn't do a damn thing. <laughs> he got into the backfield every time he touched the damn ball. Yeah, it's just, it just seemed uh, like their defensive line was more talented than our offensive line. Well, I guess the reason I why think, I think it felt like they were radioing in our play, like they they, they were just there. Well, that's, like Brett said it perfectly, they would snap the ball. Russ would be starting the handoff, and you'd have someone in the backfield. It's The reason why I ask, I guess, is because 
we talk about how, you know, we can't pass protect for Russell Wilson. And at times we can run block, but we have kind of like these, these games where we can't block the run. And it's not block for the run, rather. And it's not always against these, you know, top defensive lines. And the Rams have a great defensive line. But we have two more weeks, fellas, and then we hit the playoffs. And the Seahawks, with this win against the Rams, are in the playoffs. Hooray. Uh, probably uh, holding on to the number two seed. This is this is where I want to see everything come together. And like you talked about, the receivers looking great. You talked about the pass rush. Uh, pass rush is hit and miss, but it seems to be on the upswing. With two games against bad teams, I feel like this is momentum we will have. Russell Wilson looks great. The offensive line is really like just hurting two facets of the game: protection for Russ and helping Thomas Rawls get more than two yards. Carry. I mean, at this point, I feel like they asked Christian Michael to send a message. But that message was not very received. Like, it didn't work the way they'd hoped. Cause, you mean Thomas cause, Rawls? Because let's be honest, Christian Michael ran just as good behind this offensive oh. line as Thomas Rawls is running right now. Like, there's no... I don't think that that's, that was a, that's a huge downgrade or anything. So, I'm a... In the terms of how they played so far this year, they both found success when there was success to be found and then you know a lot of times there's just nothing there for them there's just nothing for them to do i think rolls wins more but yeah like you're not talking a huge difference in per game i think one of the reasons why you're seeing an issue here the more i watch it the more i see justin Britt does not know how to make a great read from the center spot on who to block on a run play yet well, that, and that shows true. in our efficiency numbers. That's true of every guy on the line. I mean, if you go watch, go back and watch the Patreon video where I went over all the runs in that game where we ran really poorly, which I might do for this game. Who knows? Let's see how I feel. That was a great video, tomorrow. Nathan. Uh, but, I mean, guys just don't know where to go when they're blocking. And, I mean, Tom Cable talks about it in his post game all the time. Like, these are technical mistakes. They're not, they're not, they're completely fixable. But at some point, you just have to realize, like, these guys aren't the guys that can fix it, I guess. You know, like these guys don't know where to go and who to block, and it's not just—it's not just Britt, it's not just Fetty, it's not just uh, Fan, it's everyone. All five of those guys will at least once a game just run out on a zone read and never block any single guy. No, they blocks nobody. Yeah, and which is our entire offense is built on that—the get to the second level zone read blocking. Yes. Anything- Very frustrating. Anything else uh, on your book of stats there, Kevin, that you want to go over in this game? Uh, KJ and Bobby bringing it again with a lot of tackles. Ten tackles for KJ. Digging KJ Seven season. for Bobby. I mean, Bobby Wagner is always great for us, but KJ Wright, we, he has his great games, he has good games, and then he has games where he's absent. He's had he's had moments where he's been absent this year. You know, colorful commentator Richard Sherman said in the press conference he thinks they're both pro bowlers, and I agree with the man. Uh, you know... We bagged on KJ about the contract. That's not really his fault. Yeah, All he can do K- is show up on Sundays and play, and he's done it real yeah, well. He's done, as I say, yeah, there's nothing you can't stop someone from paying you too much, and uh, they, I mean, he's been fine. He Mark makes Oscar too much money knows. for a for an outside linebacker that doesn't get any sacks. But I'm I can't fault him for that. It's he not, does everything else we ask though. Yeah, every he he literally is as good as anyone else at all those other things. It's him and Brandon Marshall. Those are the, those are the yeah. four three outside linebackers that they just do everything correctly on the football field and they're great i would say the biggest thing is this year his coverage looks the best it has ever looked like i don't know if he just spent the whole offseason working on that or not i'm not sure how it happened 
but we don't get killed. That by was running the backs last anymore. part of it. Yeah, we are what the number four. four? Yeah. yeah, that's which bodes well. That's for, on KJ, which bodes well for our next game. Do you want to, do you want to use that as a transition? Yes, absolutely. They're running. Yes. They're running back. He is a he is a multifaceted threat. Is a he not? Dual threat. Uh, yeah. He can catch. He can run. He is David Johnson, and he is. The, the only, only reason that Arizona is offense yeah. is at least a little bit respectable this year. Is he their by best a little player? bit respectable, you mean twenty fourth in DVOA? Well, I mean the reason then the reason for that is that I mean their quarterback went from the best QBR quarterback in the league by a significant margin to one of the worst uh, over the course of the season. He's in you know Bortles Tannehill territory. He's he still looks great at times, and then his receivers look awful at times, and then. I mean, J.J. Really Nelson is the worst receiver yeah. receiving regular snaps but, in the NFL. I will put that up to, yeah. but up to anything. He fits He's in terrible. that Tavon Austin category of doesn't have a position. His hands are awful, though. He has... He's... He is just like there are balls that hit him right in the hands. Just yeah, he's got off. a... He's got the same hands as a, um, our old quarterback Jennings. Yeah. <laughs> I have to wonder how much of, of... stone. I have to wonder how much of Arizona's struggles are... Palmer and how much are the coaching staff? I mean, like David Johnson's f- a featured player now, and Larry Fitzgerald basically didn't decline at all. And they're just—I mean, like you said, they're markedly worse than they were last year, and it's just weird. Well, their offense like, is inconsistent. Okay, their offense last year was built on one thing, and that's Carson Palmer throwing deep a bunch of times during the game yeah. and hitting some of those shots. And this year, it's just not there. He doesn't throw deep anymore. And it's he maybe, can't look it may, at, and I think it's partially because he picked up some kind of dingy injury at the beginning of the year, and he's never been able to shake it off. Well, also, look at the and Panthers the game. Line getting hurt. The Panthers game in the playoffs last year. Hey, Kathy, you have to yeah, time going to throw deep too. Yeah, and he, he, his balls were short. They were inaccurate. It's a guy that you know you don't want to see the greats go down. I mean, they all will. Uh, I wrote an article this week talked about Drew Brees. Drew Brees is going to fall off a cliff uh, in his playing ability in, in the, the next. In the next two or three years, and it's going to be kind of sad. For us, luckily, we don't like the Cardinals, so we want them to do poorly. But Carson Palmer, I just feel like he's And I done. do feel a little sad because Carson Palmer is like the great what-if tale of NFL history with That's... the knee injury and the way his like career kind of got derailed and he got traded a bunch of times. He took a year off That's from what I was Cincinnati, just about to say. right? Yeah. 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 I was just about to say that injury they got before the season, that injury was called Kimmel Van Olhoffen. And that's called being in your mid thirties and not recovering. Yeah, and he's just you just get a little nagging leg injury, and all those old ones are flaring up because yeah. he's got some gnarly ones. And I feel sad that he never really got his time in the sun. You know, like I, so he I lost a year and a half of his prime. I would have liked to see him get uh, his time in the sun, but you know what? It's not going to be this year, and it's not going to be this week either because I I'm feeling pretty good about the way that we match up in particular against this team. Uh, but Tell us you, more. Yeah, so the the first thing is is that this team has a big problem covering wide receivers, and uh, our wide receivers have been playing very good lately. And the reason they have trouble covering wide receivers is one, Patrick Peterson's totally overrated. Uh, he's a bit, he's a playmaker. Playmaker. Yep. He's a, he makes big plays, so everyone notices that. But he gets burned a lot, and that's not gonna. It's gonna be something that happens in this game. The other thing is is that they try to do funky things with their linebackers and safeties. And their focus is all, all in the inside of the field, which which uh, lets them get beat on the outside of the field. And so outside the numbers, they get beat quite a bit. And I think that, that Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett are going to be able to take big-time advantage of that. Uh, so, yeah, that's one reason I think we match up really good against this team. Another reason is they are really one-dimensional on offense. It's, David, it's the David Johnson show, and that's it. And so that the Seahawks, when you are one-dimensional against a defense like this, 
it's really challenging to get moving because the, the defense can just key in on, okay, well, we're not going to let David Johnson beat us. And it's up to Carson Palmer and his rickety old knees to try to defeat us. And it's just not going to happen. Yeah. And that's the thing. Their offense revolves around David Johnson. Uh, so their offense revolves around the running back. Well, we're the number two team at stopping the run uh, on defense. And we're the number four team at covering running backs in the passing game. So if your offense is flowing through that pay- through that player, like Nate said, not only when you're one-dimensional are, is our defense great at just pulling a boa constrictor on you, but the fact of the matter is that the one player they're trying to funnel everything to is a play is a type of player that this defense is just more than capable of defending. They also yeah. have the speed rusher there too uh, that they're using more and more. And I mean, another thing too, we're creative. They're creative in how they get David Johnson the ball. You know, they don't just they don't just run him straight down the middle a whole bunch. They get him the ball a bunch of different ways. The problem is that the Seahawks can stop all of those ways. It's not like there's one way they're going to get him the ball that we're going to be like, oh, well, they can just throw a bunch of screen passes to him. That's not going to work. Like, there's nearly nothing they can do to – I mean, they match up so poorly with us. It's, it's unbelievable to me. The only offensive weapon I'd fear would be – J.J. Nelson on the outside with his can't, speed. Can't catch the ball. Don't worry about it. We I, don't I have really someone hate, who matches up. I really hate J.J. Nelson. So, so. <laughs> really, J.J. Nelson the guy? Do you see this fast guy I'm thinking of? Because they have a guy they've run out of the backfield. Yes. I don't. Yep. Okay. It look and when he tries to catch it, it looks like somebody trying to do a set in volleyball. Yeah, yes. it's yeah. bad. He it's like he'll like catch the ball sometimes and it'll just like bounce off his hands a thousand miles an hour, and you can just see Carson Palmer being like, "Why? Why yeah. is this guy on face the Palmer?" Field? And they got rid of Michael Floyd. He uh, he's now in the criminal coalition, New England Patriots. Yeah. So uh, you know he's gone. So it's, it's that seemed like a very quick. He got, he got a DUI. And they did not like him. the way that he handled that. And Bruce Arians does not have a sense of humor or mercy. So he was just gone. Uh, remember, he cut a guy for parking in his parking spot. So did he really? Can, yep. Yep. That's a very famous Bruce Arians story. So uh, yeah, Bruce Arians is not a not not a guy to be taken lightly. It does not seem like a very fun human being. Hey, can't read a parking sign, can't read a playbook. <laughs> it's a logical extrapolation. So anything on the, uh, I mean, we know about the Cardinals' defense. We uh, talk about it every year, but they still have Calais Campbell, yeah. and I still think he's awesome. He's getting older. He's probably not going to get a huge contract this offseason because he's old, but from a th- as far as 3-4 defensive ends goes, uh, this guy's one of the best. It's J.J. Watt, and this guy's not like he's you know JJ Watt then there's a huge gap and this guy is the best of the rest. Uh, Chandler Jones, good Chandler, player, having a good year. Yeah, Chandler Jones playing outside linebacker has been kind of a revelation for them. I was not Gifted. sure if he'd be able to do much covering because he's coming from being a four three defensive end, but he has been great in all facets of the game. He's a good athlete. Gifted uh, to the Cardinals. Don't but forget. you know, here's yep. the thing though: they gifted him to the Cardinals. He doesn't. They aren't going to make the playoffs, and he's going to walk after this year. This is true. They don't have any cap room. Mm-hmm. They're in cap hell. So where's all their cap going? Uh, well, they they have Honey so Badger, many, Peterson, so many guys that are free agents. And then like, if you want to bring back Tony Jefferson and Honey Badger and all these guys, you're you got to start thinking like, okay, well, we now we can't bring back Clay's Campbell, yep. or we can't bring back Chandler Jones, or Dale Buchanan, who's having a great year yeah, for them again. So, and so many, there's so many good defensive players on this team, but the problem is, at some point, it's like us. You have to make choices. There's certain guys you're gonna have to like walk your Bruce Irvins, so to speak. Um, you know, Bruce Irvins getting a lot of credit for how Oakland is playing, and I agree. They say that he brings that veteran locker room mentality, which is weird to think about. Yeah. Bruce Irvins 29, <laughs> so I didn't I didn't know he was that old, but yeah, he's they say that he's helping them a lot. I mean, 
you just got to let a few guys go, you know, and it sucks because Bruce Irvin, I'll be honest, everyone's not thinking, him. Bruce Irvin would be really good on this football team still. <laughs> yeah, well, unlike, unlike us, though, the Cardinals are not coming off success. They've made the playoffs last year. They won the NFC West. They made it to the NFC Championship game, and they were embarrassed, it, it embarrassed feels, by Carolina. It feels like they built a narrow window. Yes. And that window was ending. This was the last year before the window was slamming. We shut. talked about this yeah. in the preseason about yeah. I I looked at the Cardinals window as a window that is being propped open by a rickety stri- rickety stick in a rainstorm and things snapped. Yeah, the yeah. Carson Palmer's knees and there it is. Yes, hooray. Season, sorry. Season is over. Not sorry. Uh, yeah, it's, it's sad. You know, I I actually the thing about the Cardinals is is that it's not like the 49ers where I kind of relish in their success. Arizona's fans seem pretty cool. They seem like decent people, and they have a lot of players in their team who I kind of like. I hate their coach. I mean, I keep bagging yeah, on him for a reason. Bruce Arians seems like an idiot. You lo- you used to like him. You like him as a coach, though, yes. right? As a coach, yes. he is great. He's a good coach. I he just, just seems like a dick. Yeah, yes. I just he seems like a jerk. I didn't know that he actually cut a guy for a uh, for parking his yeah. parking yeah. spot. Yeah. That's yeah. like a Buddy Ryan thing when Buddy Ryan took over as the Cardinals coach back in the nineties. He he did weird cuts for no reason, and that team also did not have success. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I just think that Arians might be one of those coaches where you have him and you get like three or four good years out of him and then it starts to wear off. Like, yes. you know, people just can't stand to be around him anymore and it's not going to work. Bring mm-hmm. him in. He's the, uh, he is to coaching what, uh, Trent Balky was to, uh, GM. But what they need to do is they need to trade coaches with Cincinnati. Like, I think that would work out good for both oh, yeah. teams. Like, just Arians goes to Cincinnati and like cleans up all those a-holes and like with his over serious <laughs> style. And then, uh, friggin' Cincinnati's coach. Why can't I do this? Marvin Lewis. Marvin Marvin Lewis comes down here and like lightens it up a little bit for for Arizona, and maybe they actually have like a resurgent season. You know? Honestly, I would hate that because Arizona, I think, would get better. No, like, I think very quickly, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. And I, I just, yeah, there's just something about these coaches where it's just it wears on you. You know, you cannot have that vo- same voice being a jerk all the time. And the thing is, he every single press conference he throws his team under the bus. Yeah, he is not. He is complaining, whining, crying about this and that. Like I just do not like the, his attitude. There was a game all. two weeks ago. Whoever the Cardinals faced, where they said, uh, "Where the like the other team was figuring out your snap counts," and Bruce Arian said, "Yeah, I didn't like that." <laughs> it's like, <laughs> You're the coach, yeah, dude. you know, that's yeah. it, it's not. It's called strategy. Can do something about that. Yeah, they're, it's they're you. not. They're reading their plays. They basically read their plays of the line of scrimmage, and I don't know. I'm. I'm excited. This is the last Seahawks home game of the regular season. It's a must win. We we have two games against terrible easy, teams. Terrible teams, and it it, it mean, only Arizona gets more terrible is, next year. Arizona next is week. like uh, below average, and the, San Francisco is Arizona horrible. scares me because they have talent in places. San Francisco has none. So the thing is, Arizona's, Arizona's is, one in five on the road. Yeah, and Arizona's I, I offense is dysfunctional. Like. They they're just a dysfunctional offense where like it all revolves around this one guy and yes he is very good but you can't beat the Seahawks with one dude. All right, do you want? Like, here's the really simple breakdown of this. So Seattle's ninth in overall DVOA right now. Arizona's twenty fifth. Here's why. Seattle's defense is fourth. Arizona's defense is fifth. Their defense is good. I like these this defense. defenses are almost mirrors of each other. Offense, 19th for Seattle, 24th for Arizona. Special teams, 9th for Seattle, 
thirtieth for Arizona. Yeah, their special teams are not huh. good. Their special teams are bad. Their their punter is uh, leaving something to be desired. Their offense so, does not do a great job of of taking care of the ball, and they don't have the type of run game that runs things out for your defense. For as much as Johnson is good, he's a little boomer bust. That line's doing a nice job of blocking for him. But the fact of the matter is, you're not going to run it out with a back like that. They are missing CJ2K as a guy who can just kind of pound the rock and take some clock time away and put together a decent I mean, there's only one team in the league that has created less value from their kicker this year than Arizona, and that's of course the team that drafted a kicker in the third round, Tampa Bay. And then uh, the traded up three, to draft. A there's kicker. only two teams that have created less value than them out of punts. I mean, they're just their field goals and punting has just been off this year. It's just not, it's just not working for them. Yeah, and, and their I mean, returns haven't been great either. Yeah, it's like, and you think like, oh, this is a team that has good returns because they have Patrick Peterson back there returning punts or whatever, but that's not been working very well either. So it's just all around kind of a. a well, I haven't watched them this year because they really haven't been on TV. Oh, I watched, interesting. yeah, and I watched them against us on Sunday Night Football on the on the nine nine tie or the six six tie. Six six tie. Yeah, can't believe we tied. <laughs> okay, uh, should we move on to picks, gentlemen? Can I, can I give you guys one oh. crazy kicking stat before we go? Just because sure. I, I want to talk up a player that I love, and that's Justin Tucker. <laughs> and uh, just so you guys know, Two just podcasts. I just want you to. Tell you guys, if you don't watch, haven't watched any Baltimore games this year, okay, and I drafted Justin Tucker in fantasy, I'm all about it, okay? So, uh, Justin Tucker has created 24.3, uh, like, uh, VOA for the, for the Baltimore this year. The second place kicker, the second place kicker is Vin- Vinatieri at 9.5. He's almost, like, he's over double as valuable as the next, he's, he's insanely good. And so, um, if you want to uh, see some good kicking, you know, go ahead, some go ahead, good head, kicking. head over and watch a Baltimore Ravens game because this guy brings he brings the heat. Okay, he is he is eight. Oh, let me see what what is he this year? He's got ten field goals of over fifty yards, and I think he's made them all too. So that's pretty legit. But how's he ranking with his left foot? <sighs> yeah, he's ten. <laughs> he's ten of he's ten of ten. For, he's ten of ten from fifty plus. 12 of 12 from 40 plus. This guy's a machine. That's all right legged, right? I just, uh, uh, and they're making that joke because Justin Tucker, <laughs> that left legged field goal, I lost a fantasy game by like two points. But if he just would have kicked the field goal, I would have won. Yeah, he lined up for as a. <laughs> and another thing, too, you know who else would have won that game if he would have kicked the field goal? Baltimore, because I think they lost by one. So, you know what? Yeah, that, and Nathan missed the fantasy playoffs That's by one so win. Good. I did. I also missed the playoffs by one win. That's true. Brett. Despite being the highest scoring team in the league. <laughs> Second highest. Second highest. Yeah, he just passed me the last week. All right. Here we go. Oh, so let's. Hastings uh, didn't pass last week. <laughs> let's uh let's roll into some uh, movie club, but first let's do some uh, some plugs. Yes, no, got, we got to do our picks. Oh, yeah. I've got. Yeah. Oh, we, we got to pick, pick the game. Picks, That's picks. the thing we have to do. Oh. You were so in. Well, you, I just. You, I, I, you I, and I, was, with I mean, Tucker. it's so obvious what's going to happen here. All right, uh, I'm going to go 31-17 Seahawks. Someone, not me. Uh, I have the Seahawks 23-13. Oh, you go 24-6 Seahawks. I'm going. I'm going. Brett. I'm going. Thirty-four, thirteen. Seahawks. That's all right, nice. Brett score. Come on. Wait. Fifty-seven. Two. Yeah, yeah. You gotta. You gotta get into the forties. But uh, but but I respect. I respect the effort. All right. So uh, let's let's plug some uh, extra points. Oh my gosh. All right. Hey, we got a big shouts by the way. Yes, oh, yeah, we, we do. Got, Eric, okay. big shouts that. Eric, go ahead. Big shout. Yeah, we uh, we got a new Patreon. Uh, my my dear friend Michelle. 
uh, subscribed to uh, to us uh, via Patreon. A very very heartfelt thank you, Michelle. We give you big shouts. Yeah, and no, uh, that's, that's she's now part of our Fave Five because there's five patrons that we uh, that we love so much. You so, want to run down that list? You want to run down that list? Oh gosh, Brian. Uh, we no, got Eagle River, Josh. Josh, Michelle, Carrie, uh, and executive producer Brett. No, no, no there's one did. other person. You, <laughs> I am not a patron donator. Why, can't I, to my why can't I remember this? Josh, I'll call Bruce Arians on you, Kevin. Josh is the best. I mean, then it's ever. Josh comments the most. If uh, people commented more, it would be better. Michelle, Brian, Josh, Kimberly. Sorry, Kimberly. Can we say join the conversation more? Because I feel like... Oh, God, I hate when people say that. Join... Right. So that's our Patreon. Patreon has exclusive... Uh, the Christmas podcast is going up uh, this Christmas Eve. I'm going to put it up in the Christmas Eve morning or the 23rd, pretty late at night. Go 23rd. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, we've got... Uh, so that's coming. Uh, also, you know, film tape breakdowns with me. Christmas uh, Eve will be tweeting out during there's, the uh, There's also going to be some exclusive uh, Google Hangouts with Brett and me, which uh, so far only one person showed up to. Made me, makes me a little sad. But makes me think that you guys want to see my face. Trust me, it's better than my voice. <laughs> He's the only person we'll say that about. <laughs> uh, then, uh, yeah, so that's... Face for radio and a voice for print. That's uh, that's how we roll. Uh, so, well, and to to be uh, to join what Brett said to join the conversation, you can find us on uh, you know Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, we do talk back. We do respond. And I mean, I have noticed people liking our stuff. People giving yeah. us the the hearts and the thumbs up. Keep doing that. That really helps us out. Helps us get the word out. We want people to listen to our podcast and enjoy it. We also want uh, to do it. And also, one more plug. This is a weird plug, but uh, if you love, if you are like Cassius March. And you love both the Seahawks and Magic the Gathering. Thursday the 29th, I'll be broadcasting from Mox Boarding House, uh, their modern weekly modern tournament. I'll be casting it with Brad Rutherford. So if you want to hear me and Brad uh, talk about the modern format, uh, that's Thursday the 29th. And you can be like Cassius Marsh. And the next night, they're going to broadcast Cassius Marsh's charity tournament. So you can check that out, too. Uh, so big shouts to MBH and uh, Cassius. Get us Cassius Marsh on the show, dog. Get Cash and Marshall on the show, dog. You never know. I'll, tr- I'll try my best. All right. Come on. I tried to get that offensive guard we had who did the drugs. It didn't happen. <laughs> John Bradley Sal. John Moffitt. Did you really try and get him? Yeah. I, w- I worked hard. I put in like three phone calls. Well, he worked as he worked as hard as getting on the podcast as he did for his football career. So There was there was like he a half a second I thought it was going to happen, too. Anyway. Uh, and then yeah, I just like his calls. football Gentlemen, career. gentlemen, get cultured because we have a movie club. That's right. You. Get cultured. I can't so get you're cultured. Putting a lot of, a you're putting a lot of pressure on me for a guy who has a list of movies that includes Samurai Cop he's picking from. <laughs> so, like so, I said, culture. That's say, multinational. When you said worried, get yeah. cultured, Nathan was going to be like, are we our movie this week? Fart the movie. <laughs> I don't, I'm just worried that I haven't that didn't seen make the list. all but two Blackula. movies. Oh. Blackula. The Sorry, sequel to Blackula, Scream, Blackula, Scream. <laughs> I still have that Blackula shirt and everything. I'm glad. Yeah, I gave you. I, gave I have never worn it in public. How about me too? I wore that all the well, time. I can't do it How around Meteor Man. People will just Meteor Man's all right. Yeah. You should give me the shirt if you're not going to wear right. it. All right, come on. Come on, Nathan. I'll wear it to school. They're, they're, the boys are talking about Meteor Man. You got to save us. I kind of don't want to end their witty banter. You know, I'm just quite. You want to hear him talk about Meteor Man? All right. Well, you know what? I'm not. I'm not sure the next time Brett will be back. And this is a movie that I have to do on a week. Brett is here. 2018. Okay. So I think that it is only fair 
that we pull well, out well, one from the archive. Can you confirm that I've seen this movie? Oh, I guarantee. So I'm doing it for this you. is one of your yes. faves, dude. Inception. So, this movie's about a man. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's a, that's I think a I get it, man. I think I get it. For the listeners, I'm for the listeners uh, Brett seen Inception once, and he was uh, very intoxicated, and he kept falling asleep during the movie and going, I don't know what's going on, but I think this movie is awesome. It is awesome. It was so good. Brett was having his own Inception while watching Inception. Yeah, I know. I really oh, Brett's so never good. seen Inception. We just Incepted him to but make him think he did. You know what? Speaking of movies where someone uh, gets messed with in a dream, well, this movie has someone who gets messed with after hypnotizing. And that movie is a movie called Office Space. Oh, yes. I thought you were going liar, liar. I was about to no. walk out of the room. Yeah, no. seriously. Office Space. <laughs> so, so uh, Office Space. We've got two pieces of flair for this movie. I want you guys to just roll out and I'll kind of jump in. But Office I, mean, I haven't planned much for this, but go ahead. All right. As a, as a man who has worked in the corporate world, as a man who has had his own office uh, and had to deal with consultants coming in, this movie nailed it it nails life not in the best ways and it's funny because you're not living it but when you are this movie nails it yeah i mean i i was obsessed with this movie even before i started working in it and corporate america and it's just it's the best parts of mike judge's humor like it's tolerable jennifer aniston which is kind of endearing and it's just and don't leave ron livingston out of this i mean ron livingston is it weirds me out that he has not been in more stuff. Like, I think about he's it. Great. He's not a star. Addition. He's in many things, but he's not a star. Yeah, but, like, I mean, just he's so good in Swingers, and he's so good in Office Space. And I just feel like after that, he never really took off quite the way maybe I expected him to. He was good in Band of Brothers, but that's an HBO original, and a lot of people did not see that. It's a very specific role, too. Yes. He was very good in that, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm speechless at how much I like Office Space, so I'll let Kevin. So, in about 2008, I was working in a cubicle at a company that did uh, boring stuff with computers. And my job was shipped overseas to the Philippines, and we had consultants come in and everything. And, like, I already enjoyed the movie, but to live part of it, as so many people do, just... You know, all the jokes suddenly really just hit you very well. And also, Diedrich Bader is amazing in this movie. Oh, he yeah, has just so a, an amazing, amazing cameo. For people who don't know uh, Diedrich Watch Bader. Cornhole, bud. That's, uh, he's the next door neighbor. Yes. And that that's my favorite line. Is With when it's, thin walls. When you think the the main character is going to jail. Turn it and to channel nine, the breast exam's <laughs> on. You think, uh, you think he's going to say something heartfelt. Hey, Peter Mayne. Yeah, Lawrence. You just watch out for the cornhole, bud. It's uh, it's it's perfect. Yo, the best thing though. What the running? What, what what would you do if someone told you that you look like you had a case of the Mondays? No, no, no. shit, no, shit. Yeah, no. I believe you get your ass kicked for saying something like that. That's uh, starting my new job. I I've come in here to this podcast. I said, oh, they got me working. Four hours down, and that's directly I gotta taken wake up from. <laughs> There's a Las Cabinas McDonald's. Yeah, the guy's doing the uh, drywall down at the Las Cabinas McDonald's. <laughs> One of my favorite things is the way that uh, Cole delivers the Lumberg lines. It's Gary Cole. Gary Cole, so Gary Cole is a very underrated uh, actor, and that so was really he, good. And I guess like the studio execs, they were like, uh, "That's not work. You got to make him like chippier. You got to make him more uh, hyped up or whatever." And the way he just goes. 
Mm. Yeah, it's just so perfect because it's like <laughs> yeah. exactly how that everyone's it, had one your, of those people in their your lives. Your idiot superior in an office who just like doesn't know anything and it's just and doesn't listen. He plays by the books, does not listen to you at all. Just does, and is like it's like people just get promoted upwards until they fail in a situation like that, and it's just like oh, this guy is just so the, the worst. He is the worst. I mean, it. I think too the reason the Office Space holds up so well is because like look at where kind of comedy went. You know, and like, it was like pretty rambunctious and, you know, a lot of it was like, you know, like sketch and more like improv stuff. And then there's like Office Space, which is just like, it's Mike Judge, it's slow, it's kind of like, you know, it's not like overly witty. It's, it's a not... movie based on characters. Yes. Right, yes. And it's characters acting like characters. And they pick great character actors. We already mentioned Livingston. We already mentioned a few of the other people Steven in here. Root. Steven Root. Steven Root. Yeah. I love me some Steven Root. Steven Root is great in being Steven Root in everything he's in. Yeah. And he, you know, how many of his lines are the only lines people remember from the whole damn movie? And this is, of course, um, the character Milton, the man who just there's wants to stay there. There's so many memorable Adams. lines in this movie. And Milton has a lot of them. Milton is the original genesis of the whole movie. I mean, yeah. yes. the Milton shorts from SNL, which a lot of people don't know about, I can, are, I can burn the building down. are so funny. And they're, they're, it's, it's where this all started, kind of. Yeah. Uh, another thing that's that's uh, cool about this movie, well, it's quotable lines. Let's just, everyone give your favorite lines. We fixed Minus when he's the at glitch. The, when he's at the <laughs> printer. And he's the, everything he says at the printer. It's <laughs> things that I've actually said at the printer, like PC load letter. What does that mean? Or when he's like, uh, "Why does it say paper jam when there is no paper jam?" Yes. I have definitely been in a yeah. where I have felt that. Like I've been at the printer and I'm just like, "It says paper." I went through the whole fucking printer and there's no there's pa- no paper anywhere in here, but it still says there's paper jam. Like, yeah, it just, it just drives you nuts. That is a, a real office situation that they like perfectly captured. Uh, uh, so what? What are you guys' uh, favorite? Other than other than of course the oh oh <laughs> the O coaster. Um, yeah. Mine would probably be when they're in the car, you know, like innocently enough, like a couple fighting, and then he's just like, you know, the Nazis had pieces of flair, but they made the Jews wear. Them. It's, so, it's, so, <laughs> it's so far, it's yeah, so yeah, far it's out there. The pieces of flair. That's like the Mike Judge cameo in this movie. Is he's the boss? Yeah, he's right, yeah. Yes, Joanna Bryan over here. Has you can you can pick up his lisp that he does when he does yep. butthead. Just some a little. people, yep. some people do the bare minimum. The bare minimum. <laughs> yeah. that's fine bare for them. Speech, yeah. I just but, want you. I just want you to want <laughs> to want to express yourself more, and we encourage that. Yeah, and <laughs> everyone who's ever worked in a yeah. customer service job has had that douche as their manager. Well, it's, it's about who hating just your. Thinks it's a great job, even though it's terrible. It's hating your job, and one. I mean, there's so many great. You, you have to say our favorite lines, but I'll, I'll pick one. I don't think anyone else is going for, and that's when they go to the barbecue of the guy who got laid off from mm. there. He's he's over. It's he's like jump sixty. To conclusions. Yes, <laughs> he's sixty years old. He, that is he a can't. Terrible he can't idea. quite retire yet. So they tell the tale of this guy and how he decides he's going to commit suicide. And he he sees his wife. He decides, I'm not going to commit suicide. He backs out of his driveway and his car gets totaled. But he's going to get a huge insurance payout. And so basically this guy's hit the lottery. And the looks on his face when he's talking to people, he's so happy that he doesn't have to go back to work and that he's immobilized in this wheelchair. But he's like, you know, I used to... I used to be like you, uh, and I didn't complain as much. But 
And it's it's just the this scenes where that guy's where they're interviewing yeah. you like what exactly would yeah. you say you do here? I'm a people person. I'm a people. <laughs> I take the specs down to the engineers so the engineers don't have to. Yeah. What's wrong with you people? Yeah. So um, we're done. Back to the barbecue scene though. My favorite delivery is when he goes and it would have different conclusions on it. That you, you would jump to. How he says that kills <laughs> Wait, and then, uh, Samir, Samir goes, Tom. This is horrible. This is terrible. <laughs> this, this is a this, horrible this idea. idea. <laughs> <laughs> that Samir guy is so funny. Yeah. Whole you are a very, very. He's actually a, he's a, he's a break dancer. Mm. And this may be his only role, but that's why when they get, when they get turned up after they, uh, they all, the two of the three main characters get fired. Yeah. He's doing some b-boy moves because well, also, that's what like, he does. Speaking of turned up, like this movie has like a pretty much exclusively hip hop soundtrack, which I love. Oh, yeah. by the it's way, that's a scene that you have that, yeah. to talk about, which is when they introduce Michael Bolton at the beginning, and and he's in traffic, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. and yeah. he's listening to the rap music, <laughs> and the uh, the dude with the homeless guy with the sign. It's a black guy with with the homeless a homeless African American guy walks by the car, and Michael Bolton turns his rap music down because he doesn't want him looking at him, and he's just like has it real low. And as soon as the guy walks away, he turns, turns it back up and starts I singing along. I got this pillar up inside of me. I can't talk to my mom, so I talk to my oh, diary. It's so good. Yeah, this, the soundtrack actually has a lot of Ice Cube on it. And this is not uh, Where Are We Now, uh, Are We There Yet movies, Ice Cube. This is uh, the real OG well, it's got awesome like, Ice Cube. It's got like Far Side. It's, Boys. it's yes. got uh, Ghetto Boys, Bush of Bill. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a solid soundtrack all the way front to back. Like I really quite enjoy it. Best line. Hey, That's Kevin, tough. You gotta follow all of us saying the good yeah, ones. Yeah, we stole too. some good ones. You know, there's a really simple one though that I've always appreciate, and that is a. Uh, why should I change my name? He's the one who sucks. That one's good. <laughs> yeah, and that's just quintessentially beautiful. Who was the? Uh, who's the consultant? The the. The guy who's in other things, John. Are you talking about the, oh, but the those two, two bobs? Those yeah, bobs are so great. John yeah, Riot. It's not John C. Riley. What's the guy's name? He was in Scrubs. Oh, yes. yeah, it's, sure, the, sure. it's the guy. It's the it's the other doctor from Scrubs, though. Like the yes. big doctor, the big. He is guy. with he the is, curly hair. Yes, he is so good in this. The way he isn't it. Uh, isn't it John C. McGinley? That I think I think you are correct about that. Wasn't even the right lumber. I just, yeah. <laughs> just the, way, the way the way he talks to Peter when he's like, uh, Peter, you know, we uh, we want to offer you a a promotion, and we would like to put as many as four people. Directly under you, as if Peter's going to be like so psyched. Fire Samir and Michael and give me more money. Yeah, (laughs) my my favorite subtle thing that I still like I adopted as a part is the fact that like when you do a bunch of interviews on both sides, you realize nobody ever takes the water or the coffee or anything because they're so nervous. And they're just and he just walks in there, just starts pouring. He's like. And then he sits down, he's like, yeah. yeah. That whole, yeah, that movie is just... Uh, That's another subtly beautiful line, and I said it off the bat, but this might be my line, actually, is uh, that we fixed yeah. the, the glitch, and that's all these... <laughs> we prefer a more hands-off approach yeah. well, there's, when it's possible. <laughs> we could talk about this movie but all day, but I, from experience, I, I did take a lot of time off uh, from the workforce, uh, full-time gigs, and uh, it, it, it wasn't because of this movie, but I remember my first, like, probably my second week of being unemployed by choice, and I was just like... <laughs> I watched that movie, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do nothing. All day, 
and it's going to be everything I wanted it to be. And for a while, it was. And, uh, it's a beautiful thing. And now you have a job again, but. And it's awesome. But at that time. But you went for a good job and not back for something else. Exactly. And that's, I think that's ultimately the, the lesson this, that this movie has to tell. Right. Because at the end of the movie, he's, he's working again, but it's a job he doesn't hate. You know, he's outside, uh, Shoveling dirt, shoveling, dirt. shoveling the uh, the wreckage of the burned out. Yeah, and but and his friends have found new tech jobs at over at Inatrode, which is a great fake name for a yes. company. Well, because it goes from Inatech in to Inatrode. Because if you've ever worked in an industry, you know that all the companies are the same. Yeah, yeah especially the really crappy ones. They yes. all have like similar names, and they're not. His friends aren't happy, and Peter has found his happiness, and I think. It, it's really hard. Um, it's kind of like the idea that some people say, oh, I'm, I'm called to do special things. Maybe some people are called to be janitors, and maybe you don't want to be a janitor. But ultimately, it's about finding your niche, finding where you're happy. Are you called to be at stay-at-home dad? Are yeah. you called to be the breadwinner? Are you called to shovel shit finding something? and just be happy? You need to isolate this clip for when we do Logan's Run. Finding something. <laughs> <laughs> it's just about it really is about finding something you can do that doesn't make you want to like basically kill yourself. You yeah. know, but yeah. something you, something you can do that every day for the rest of your life. And I mean, that's what I like about my job is it's different every day. There's I think Kevin can tell you because he has the same similar job. Absolutely, it's, yeah. That job is never the same. It's and that's kind of what I like about it. Some people would rather have a more consistent job, and that's cool. I mean, it's just it's, it's all up to kind of what you want to do. One more thing that I think is really cool about this movie is that Mike Judge started to kind of like lose faith in the project because he kept getting like these negative production notes, like this movie's uh, it's not chippy enough, it's it moves too slow, it's not very. And then he heard people in his accounting department quoting the movie before he had even finished editing it, and he's like, "Nope, it's perfect," because those are the people that are really going to get it. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. yeah, it's made for those people that have had a soul crushing job, not for production execs who never have worked. A really crappy job before like I, when i went for king county elections like it was the worst it was like being in office space and i totally understand now like what that movie is about whereas before that i mean i had been more on the i'd worked at restaurants so i've been more on the jennifer anderson side yes but like the, but everyone has an in everyone if you have worked a crappy job you can relate to some of the characters in the movie, either an office job or a customer service job that was really crappy you can relate to some of the characters i wish hollywood would take the visionary approach more because this movie did not get good reviews. It was not popular at the box office. I remember seeing previews and saying, like, this looks terrible. And look, everyone loves this movie. Well, I mean, Mike Judge, you know, he's not a Hollywood guy. He was not an in guy, right? Like, he was the dumb, you know, he was the dumb guy from, you know, like Beavis and Butthead, right? And yeah, he, was, he made Beavis sure. and Butthead and he was on SNL. Yeah. Like, that's it. Right, and he was basically working in tech. Like, he's a programmer and he was just a writer, you know? And he was like, this is my dream. This is what I'm going to do. So... Yeah, yeah, and so it had none of the trappings. Yeah, I mean, like, the trailer sucked. You know, yeah, like, I remember the trailer. It was a mess, like... It was very boring. It did not yeah. sell the movie well. Yeah, so it, he had no help. He's like that... He's He was, like, one quarterback away. And to shut, he it, was the quarterback. To shut this down, I think if you want to get 90% of the feels you get from this show in a slightly different package that's just as funny and uh, has fantastic performances from Thomas Milditch, Camille Nanciani, T.J. Miller, all these great comedians, or Martin Starr, working on the show. Uh, Silicon Valley is Mike Judge, the creator of the show, and it is fantastic. And so if you are like, I love Office Space, what, where can I get a fix of something like this? Just go watch Silicon Valley. It's, it's fantastic. I have not watched that show that's, yet. That's I need my to. Page. I know. I like how actually we do this every, every movie night. We finish with a movie that is like it or from... You know, like last a, week. A furthering experience. Yes, it, it adds to it. Great job, Nathan. Another great pick. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, well done. Always good. 
Uh, all right. So, uh, any, let's do the, the, uh, the shout outs one more time. The, or I'm sorry, where do we find us? Kevin. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Seahawks Nest. You can find us on Twitter at Seahawks Nest. You can find us at fromthehawksnest.com. You can hit us up on SoundCloud. We are Seahawks Nest. Basically, if you type in Seahawks Nest and skip past the bar on Google, yeah. and I don't mean the bar at the top of your screen, but the bar called Seahawks Nest, you will find our website and our content. Yeah, no, I would, if you just put the word podcast after it, that really helps. <laughs> Seahawks Nest podcast. You know, I don't want to create extra work for the consumer that's, here. That's us. Seahawks it's Nest not just gonna, about you. It's about the consumer. Is that going to take people to the uh, ticketing for the Seahawks games? Nah, no, no. Only if you search Seahawks Nest. If you want regular, tickets for the it's, game, it's let me in know. The, <laughs> in the Seahawks Nest. Brett's, Brett sits in the Seahawks Nest. For executive producer Brett Hancock, welcome back. Thank you. For Kevin Garber, for Nathan Sano. Yeah. <laughs> I am uh, your host, Eric Ronnebeck. Uh, let's uh, lock this up against the Cardinals, boys. Go Hawks! And a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas! Good times, bro. No, I ain't got nothing but a bag of green to